Wars. Episode 0015. Sleepless in Seattle versus when Harry met Sally. For the Rose A, it's Ron Day. Ladies and gentlemen, here we are, 0015 of the Movie Wars podcast. When I buy a new podcast, I go to the last minute first. That way, in case I die before I finish, I know how it ends. That, my friend, is a dark side. I'm Kyle. Wow, that was great. What's up, guys? I'm Drew, and I'll have what she's having. Yes. What's up, guys? I'm Phil, and uh, if I had a wife who died, I would probably get mad at my son for calling a radio show. Also, I'm Phil. (laughs) A little bit of a drop-off from the Taxi Driver episode on the intro. (laughs) The Taxi Driver intro, your intro got a lot of rave reviews. Dang, we should have had you do the Tom Hanks monologue when he was talking about her on the the radio. Pull it up. Let's go. You should. Hand me the iPad. I will talk all about how she used to make Christmas better than normal or something. Because your taxi driver one killed. I still, I laughed instantly when Dude, I Dude, you know, I cut a lot of that out. I know. Because mine, it was like a minute long and I, I was listening yeah. to it and I was like, I can't even listen to it. Yeah. You know, we have a we have a category that we love on this podcast, and that's the flex category. We try to work it in when we can. It's this idea of what's the bigger flex. This episode is a flex. We're ready on the war card? No, oh. I'm. this is my, my Let's intro. war. <laughs> Let's war. Let's yeah, love. That's going to be super, uh, that's not going to work for this one. <laughs> Let's love and war. And the flex being, only on movie wars can we go from talking about movies where we're blowing up pimps, killing pimps. Yeah. And pimping pimps. And blowing up the credit buildings out of, you know, having disassociative disorder to the next week going to rom-coms, okay? That only happens. And we're showing you our flex. This is a big flex today. That's what oh, I yeah. wanted this episode to be. We're doing Sleepless in Seattle versus When Harry Met Sally. Now, this is a genre that I ignore, okay? I'm just going to be upfront with you guys. If my wife is like, hey, you want to watch an X rom-com? I'm like, hell no. But if I actually start watching them, I love them. I can't get myself to, but if, if by chance I do, which I had to for this podcast, I always end up like laughing. Harry Met Sally is laughing my ass off, okay? It's a Billy Crystal's of one of the goats, man. He like, is truly brilliant. He's, he's the Billy Goat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, damn. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. quality. I like that. What I love, though, is, and I, I want to know if you guys agree with this, like, horror gives you tension and fear and action gets you excited and you're on the edge of your seat, but I literally have taste sensations when I watch rom-coms. Like, a good rom-com should make you f- taste the season it's depicting. Like, I was instantly, like, at the very beginning of When Harry Met Sally, I was with the fall leaves in Chicago. I was like, I want a latte right now, mm. you know? No, it's just nothing is more seasonally when it comes to film genres like rom-coms give me that seasonal they're, they're salivating yeah I literally was and maybe it's because you are actually burning a fall candle <laughs> and you have been for the past month it was 90 degrees when you whipped that candle out these a good rom-com yeah, today it's only 85 man. and also and we touched on this a little bit and we will in October when we talk about horror but I, I feel like horror is a genre that isn't done as well as it used to and I think rom-coms fall into the same category a they're thousand percent agree and these two films exemplify it so much, but there was a time when the rom-com was just, it was so unique. It had its own thing, and you had the reoccurring yeah. actors. You have Meg Ryan's in half of them, Tom Hanks. You had these go-to Hugh people. Grant. Hugh Kate Grant. Kate Hudson. Dude, Hugh Julie Grant. Roberts. Julia Roberts. Oh, man. They, Catherine they crushed Heigl. It. Catherine Heigl, I feel like, was on the tail end of it yep. as it started <laughs> Definitely decline, started to wind you know? yeah. I'm the opposite of you. I actually dig a, ro- a good rom-com. It's got to be good, though, because there are so mm-hmm. many garbage ones out there. So many. And, There's like, some great ones, though, too. It's rare. Yeah, like, but then you've got that series of like the Hugh Grant, Julia Roberts movies, or the Richard Gere movies, Sandra or Burke a little bit. Yeah, here and there, and those they're just feel good candy movies. But there's some still some a lot of good substance to it, and it does it evokes a feeling. My last talking point was going to be this: is that kind of tailing on Phil. One of the things I loved about this era of rom com is there's always a little tweak. They always did something 
like while you were sleeping, the guy's in a coma. Runaway bride. Oh, man, you know, yeah. it's like there's a it's the rom-com formula, and it's the same five or eight actors that they always employed yep. for these movies in between late 80s, early mid 90s. But there's always that little thing, like, oh, he's in a coma, or it's a runaway bride, or you know, it's like there's always these little things, and I love that about and like you know, sleep is in Seattle. Like he'd never met Meg Ryan's character, uh, Annie, right? No, but I was I'm laughing because he said, like, he's in a coma. So like, he's like, in a coma. He's sleeping yeah. too much. He can't yeah. sleep at all. <laughs> the bride's running away. The bride has 27 dresses. What yeah. are you going to do? But, I mean, the, the one thing I will say about rom-coms, if these are rom-coms, I don't want to be right-coms. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just going oh to put that out there. Oh. Sticking with the cheesy factor over We're here. We're going to get cheesy today. It's got to happen. Got people macking on the screen. We cracking those shitty jokes up in here. What I loved about these movies are that they just felt so self-aware that they are indeed sappy love stories. So much so that Sleepless in Seattle is almost a love letter to romantic film throughout the ages. There's old movies playing several times in that movie. And, and you know, Rosie O'Donnell at one point, she's like, you don't want to be in love. You want to be in love in the movie. Like, it's, mm -hmm. you want to be, yeah, like. It's meta to the next yeah. Yeah, meta yeah. Is, a, is the right word for it. So that's what I loved about him. I didn't see When Harry Met Sally until I was much older because it was R-rated or whatever. Yeah. But, and I hadn't seen Sleepless since I was a kid. So it was really weird. to. It's weird to watch a movie that you watch when you were oh, like yes. a kid. It's literally been 25 years since I watched it. and So it's just funny to like hear a joke that you heard 25 years ago and you remember hearing it at the time. You're like, whoa, I didn't get that then. Like, <laughs> oh, like, that's that's like, oh innuendo. Yeah. Got it. That didn't make any sense. But for some reason it stuck out and now I get it. It. Now I know why my parents nervously laughed and looked at each other and then looked at me. Yeah. Yeah, and also just watching that movie, like at the time I related to Jonah, the kid. Weird point. Interesting. And now I related to, the, as I was listening to Tom Hanks' character, Sam Baldwin, talk about losing his wife on the radio program, I was thinking like, I was just kind of playing that out of my head, like what, how would I feel if I lost my wife? You know, I was like instantly relating to him and then I was like, whoa, it's interesting to watch a movie in two or three decades apart. So I, I love these movies and I'm excited that they are our matchup today. You know what I love is they're romantic comedies, but there's actually minimal romance if you think about it compared to today. Like today we have streaming series. We're very accustomed to sex and even hardcore sex and nudity. Mm, and hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> Hardcore, softcore, uh, you, you know, know marine core. Yeah, I mean, vagina, green, green core. Yeah, the alien is sexually penetrating yes, people. And yes, yeah. <laughs> nice callback. That's yeah. episode Going two. Going way back there. But I love that. You know, I'm not a big, as much as all the movies we cover are adult, and that's a thing, and I get it, but that's that's not one of my favorite parts of cinema. I don't like the crutch that some, I'm not saying all nudity and sex is a crutch, but for a lot of modern modernity it is. I love that we're watching these two movies and and there's barely even an actual romance in it. It's really about the writing. And even the most sexual scene in either of these movies is the most iconic scene is when she's in the diner, you know, pretending to have an orgasm. Like, what <laughs> oh, a brilliant, God. Yeah, incredible what a... scene. And then, you know, the line but after she's like, I'll have what she's having. What an iconic scene. And yet not, I mean, it was a little uncomfortable, but not overly, but it was all tongue-in-cheek. It wasn't Game of Meg Ryan's, you know, <laughs> uncomfortable, you know, Game of Thrones, yeah. which I haven't seen. We got it. Ew! Um, I didn't bring my best jokes today, by the way. So it's you all good. Neither slack. did either of these movies, but um, <laughs> oh, yeah, hot take. We're gonna bring the level of cheesiness that these movies bring, and please don't read into that and think that I don't enjoy these movies. I do, or else we wouldn't be sitting here talking about them. We have unanimous voting policy in this on this podcast that I just invented right now. Yeah. So my experience with these movies kind of runs in line with all rom coms that I have watched and probably will watch. It's rom coms have this really 
incredible license to be bizarre and cheesy in a way that no other movies do. Like Sleepless in Seattle is so much fun to watch because it's like you you love the characters. Rom-coms, the casting of the personalities is so important because there's so little margin for error in some of these intangibles that you, you the characters have to be lovable. And like, how do you gauge that when you're casting a movie? And so to me, hmm. like a great rom-com has to have some lovable characters, has to have a slightly absurd and out there plot that you would never experience this, but you could imagine experiencing that. And that's where your experience comes from. And and they nailed that with these two movies. And also they get away with basically letting Meg Ryan be a, a stalker in Sleepless in Seattle. Like she's standing behind buildings mm-hmm. and she's making it work on, on a man old with hardware. <clears throat> yeah. Late 80s computer hardware. She, she is, is finding a way. Where else would that fly? You change the music a little and it's a freaking horror movie. Like she's creeping around buildings watching Tom Hanks play with his kid. So rom-coms can point. get away with some really bizarre shit. And it's like, if you were wondering how would Phil get away with being vulgar in this podcast, it's going to be conversational profanity and, <laughs> and scatological references. But yeah, so experience with these movies, my... my <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was a real laugh. I yeah, it was because you said scatological. I love that word. <laughs> scatological is a good term. It kind of sounds like a, a board game you'd play with your family, except it's not. It, it just has to do with, you know, private parts. That... It sounds like a board game about feces. Kinda, yeah, right? you know, it's like, hey, match the feces with the with the disease that this is representing. But More anyway. like seatological. Yeah, seatological. <laughs> My wife loves rom-coms. Unfortunately, I do too. To me, the sweet spot for rom-coms was the 90s, where basically where both of these movies fall. My wife loves those uh, and we watch them together and it's actually something we really enjoy doing together and I have no issue admitting that and if if you can't sit and watch a rom-com with your wife and enjoy it even Kyle admitted yeah. to he's resistant but then it sucks him in it's because it's fun you can turn off your mind and just enjoy a weird story and that's basically my experience with all rom-coms from all the way from the greats mm-hmm. like Sleepless in Seattle to the garbage ass Hallmark holiday films that flood my home mm-hmm. in December fuck those movies anyway here we go yeah let's <laughs> I do have to confess Kyle. yes I did watch them with my wife, but I did have to cleanse my palate by back-to-back drug dealers getting blown up and yeah. explosions and as long mobs. as an arm comes off in between the movies. You're yeah, I definitely had to cleanse my palate because it was. Oh, this is great! I was like, boy, like, is anybody gonna get blown up here in Seattle, or are we just gonna, you know? I will say it's been a long time since I've watched a romantic comedy, or really just a comedy of any kind. I mean, to your point, the genre—it's almost now. a dead genre. It's sad. There are no rom- romantic comedies. I mean, there if they are, are they're on streaming platforms, and I probably haven't seen them and there's not even really comedies so i feel like we've addressed this in other podcasts but they've all been like hyper sexualized too it's not mm. like you can't just have a mild romantic comedy anymore like Very that's a, that's a hallmark channel these days and right. it's kind of weird and sad because like you don't point. get these big budget mild romantic comedies that you'd go see in theater they're all like made for streaming networks and because it's streaming it's like they're not as good i would argue so, once McConaughey, anyway, sorry i totally no, hijacked your, yeah. your once mcconaughey left the genre because he talked i read his book and he talks about how he he said he didn't want to do it anymore and i feel like once like and how how to lose a guy in 10 ga- days oops yeah it's, it's, try that one again how to lose a guy in 10 guys how to lose a guy in 10 days how to lose a guy in 10 days was mediocre compared to these comedies but it was kind of I like mean, the last a, one. i really whoa, whoa, whoa. enjoyed that, was, that movie that's that's up there yeah. it's up there but it's not All it's five not women who it's not an early 90s it doesn't it's not as compelling no but anyway, it's still really good i feel like he exited the genre intentionally to pursue greater acting roles and I think the whole the genre left with them. Both yeah. both of you made good points. I wonder if that was an intentional I wonder if studios have moved on like it seems like there'd still be demand
demand for like a feel good, wholesome love story, but maybe not. Maybe that they're just kind of products there, of the culture at the time. And no, I think there is a demand for that. It's just with all creative fields, people get on these streaks of providing what they think people want. And so we're in a streak of, you know, I mean, I don't know what streak we're in right now because COVID has killed all enjoyable movies in the theaters but prior to that we were on a streak of superhero movies and so everything had to be larger than life and i think you're you're running on such a razor thin margin in the theater situation that like people can't afford to miss and so when you know if a, if a movie's not a blockbuster they're not going to make any more movies like that for the general market that goes out to theaters and rom-coms are not going to pull the audiences that captain america will so rom-coms have been relegated to like straight to streaming networks and straight to streaming doesn't pull the the writing that a big budget Hollywood movie would, would pull or the, mm. the cachet of actors that a big budget Hollywood situation would pull. So Great I, th- I don't think it's died because there's not demand. I think that the perception of, of demand has shifted to pretty binary. Either it's a blockbuster making hundreds of millions of dollars or it's a failure. Right. It's not that there's no demand. There's. I think we'd all sit here and agree. Like there's some things we will lay down the $20 bill to watch in a theater and there's other things we're just like, why totally. would I get off my couch? Right. Like, yeah. It's just the perception of demand has shifted, <coughs> not the demand itself. Well, what my original thought was that I haven't seen a, ro- a rom-com in a long time. I've seen a lot of action movies, a lot of sci-fi, a lot mm-hmm. of thriller, a lot mm-hmm. of horror, you know, like, so to sit down and watch a movie where no one dies, <laughs> there's no peril, no one's in imminent danger, there's yeah. not a lot of swearing, You're there's not, there's bit. no sex, like, it was just like, you know. Yeah, it's just a just, story just that's kind of weird. a series of niceties, just one after another. <laughs> was it tough? Just Billy Crystal being zingy. Honestly, yeah. yeah it was <clears> about an hour in, I'm like, man, when does someone almost die. This is crazy. It's like, where's the zoom in of the heroin injection that yeah. I, you know, it's like, <laughs> this yeah, is the people so dilating. It's like, yeah. when are they going to yeah. find the gun that she's been hiding under the bed to kill him? Yeah. <laughs> Just, I just visualized it took me a minute but I visualized it yeah. Meg Ryan with her fucking cause she's always wearing a fucking trench coat in these movies yeah. oh my god that just ins- that inspired such a great parody in my head like you could redo this movie as like a psycho thriller yes. where she's stalking him yes. but in the end she's actually trying to kill him what if I told yeah. you I have a category for that I would tell you I'm excited to I have, about it's it. the best category I have, I have. an so E that, that is colored red <laughs> <laughs> fucking fill today dude you know and I did before we get to rando or actually, I do have a question to ask, but... Drew just got that one, anyway. No, you said before we get to randos. Oh. Uh, so I laughed because it just what a wh- shit show randos was last week. <laughs> what? Hey, it was a shit show for you two, but I was enjoying myself, okay? Hey, you know... There were like four other huge taxi driver fans out there that were like, yes, fuck <laughs> yes, yes, give us more! Give me, give me more. But my last point uh, in reaction to what both of you are saying is, is it because... Uh, it's really more of a question to, t- to both of you. Part one, kind of you, what you said with the what brings people to theaters, everything is so AF now and that's yeah. I, I actually just found out what that meant last year as like, fuck as fuck everything is has to be <laughs> AF for these kids they, everything has to be AF alternate family yeah alternate yeah. family yeah well, like, I've been wrong all this time what are yeah. you talking about everything has to be so as fuck you know what I mean like, we're like was what that it man about? this cinnamon bun is sweet as fuck yeah, yeah it's you true know, everything has to be so as, as fuck and yeah, it's dude. like these kids <laughs> I love they it can't, they can't it's so good they can't understand and sit down and watch Sleepless in Seattle 
know, because it's not as fuck enough for them. Yeah. Right? Yo, that was sleepless as fuck. <laughs> Nobody would ever say Tom that. Tom Hanks was charming AF yeah. in that movie. God, Meg Ryan, <laughs> she's, that she's late so late radio as program as was as fuck. Yeah. Exactly. So that's yeah. part of my response to that. You know, and, and even as middle 20s, like I, so I have family, you know, that's dating still. I know people that are still dating. It's yeah, fuck this, those people. This Tinder app world is, they cannot even relate to this Meg Ryan getting on a late 80s Apple computer to stock. It's like, I yeah. just pull up my app. Like, I maybe is it the rom-com wow. dead because romance is kind of dead in some ways? Yeah, like, no one would ever stand across the street and almost get hit by a semi to stare at a man with a widow's... Yet alone walk up to someone at a bar anymore. It's all oh, on apps. Yeah. Kyle, I think you just stumbled onto an incredible point, whether you know it or not, which is, I think the reason, for a lot of reasons, the romance genre is dead in film and in TV is because how do you tell that story? Like, how do you tell those dating app stories? Everyone Holy meets online. Shit. Everyone meets on a, an, a dating app. Like, everyone texts and Snapchats and Instagram. Like, yeah, romance story. Would technology has a had a brutal screens. impact in story to on storytelling. Dude, yes. Because think about the movies we've been watching from the eighties and nineties. I've become 90s. depressed now. You by... can't tell a lot of those stories. Die Hard doesn't happen today. No. Speed doesn't happen today. I mean, the Terminator. Somebody passed the rabbit hole. I need more bourbon. Damn. <laughs> like taxi hole. driver. Pass the rabbit hole. We're on a rabbit hole. Like in taxi driver, Bickles just texting Iris like, "You should get out." LOL. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sport yeah, is just, a fucking asshole. Is, LOL has really taken a toll. So I think I think that's a God, really, dude, really good. That point. is sad though, isn't it? That's sad. You just put it in all the perspective. Mm. It's because human interaction has changed so dramatically that the rom com is literally just not realistic anymore. It's it's a figment of the past. And there's so many examples. I mean, think of the tropey scene of someone like walking through a video store looking for something to watch. Yeah, man. What are you gonna show a guy on their couch scrolling through Netflix? That's yeah. not. You can't show that on TV. Like some things just don't translate. It's such a turnoff on a modern show. And I love what you just said. Like it just hit me. We watched Taxi Driver last week. The cell phone was not even in the realm of possibility then. Uh, taxis don't even exist. What are you gonna Barely, like, yeah. You're gonna call an Uber on a like. Yeah. That's not a thing. It's, it's actually just, been really technology nice. Technology has not... destroyed every trope. Man. And that's... this is where we end the podcast out of <laughs> sadness. <laughs> And realization of why there are no more rom-coms, taxi movies. It's like uh, Meg Ryan wouldn't sit in a diner today. She'd just order Uber Eats and, yeah. you know, pretend to have an orgasm on her couch. Yeah. <laughs> Phil is usually the PSA, man. But if you're a single woman or a single man out there and you want to be in a relationship, here's a challenge Give Phil a call. <laughs> no, I'm just yeah, give Phil a call. <laughs> Go to a bar, buy someone a drink, throw your fucking phone in the pond, get wet, baby. Movie Wars approved. Yeah, but don't listen to a podcast. Turn on a late night radio program and yeah. call in. That's hey, right. my name's Dr. Delight, and I'm here to tell you that your special someone's waiting for you down at the fucking Thirsty Turtle. So it sounds like you're trying to do McConaughey doing like an old person. <laughs> Dr. Joyce Brothers. We're, we're getting deep into... Yeah, it's like a derivative yeah. of a derivative. Question of the day. We all have kids. If you walked in and you your significant other died, God forbid, that's sad to think about, but let's just say theoretically oh, that God, happened. And your kid was on the phone with a national radio program espousing the entire thing on national radio before social was even a thing. What do you do? Do you really pick up the phone? What do you do? Do you start talking to this therapist? What are you going to do? That's a good question. I mean, what can you do? You're on air, so you can't, you don't want to be like, damn it, Jonah, hang up. Like, you don't yeah. want to be that I'm going to smack the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, yeah. DCS show up at your door. Get your fucking you room can, before you I beat have your to goddamn go with ass. It. And I think Tom Hanks did a good job of, of really acting that out. Mm-hmm. Like he felt like you could tell he was irritated. Also, knew, he picked up on the sense that his son missed his mom and really cared for his dad and wanted him to find someone. And so I, I think they, mm-hmm. it was a really well acted movie. If I were to walk in on that, I mean, it would be sad. I mean, if, if my kid felt the need to do that, I, it, there would be some deep self-reflection. Like what's, what is, what is she not getting out day to day that she needs to deal with? And I, I'd probably sit there and have that conversation because what I mean, all that do. you got left from, from your family life is your child. I, I don't think I'd be mad about it. I mean, this is pre-cell phone. You can't just like scroll your TikTok. I mean, you got to talk yeah. to Dr. Joyce brothers on the phone. I talked to Joyce's brothers. I, I think I would just, I would be just as skeptical as I am now. Like, like I'm like, I was a COVID tracer's worst nightmare. You know, like when people started getting calls from COVID tracers, like someone called me because my mother-in-law went to New York and I literally just started to be like, no, I won't give you my credit card information. I just started freaking out on him, just messing with him. Like, if you call me and be like, tell me about your dead wife, I'd be like, no, I won't give you my credit card information. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's Kyle's response to all solicitors yeah. or perception of solicitors. Well, I wanted to carry on with that conversation. Like, that's a good series. Questions like what you said, what would you do if you walked in on your kid talking to a radio partner? So I would say, what would you do if you opened a freaking food pantry and found your girlfriend or whatever listening to a weird late night talk show? Because that happened. And that was really awkward. Everything in Sleepless was... such a psycho. (laughs) Was that Sleepless? Yeah. Yeah. Everything in Sleepless was pretty stalkery and psychotic. Everything was to the extreme. Instead of just trying to communicate with someone, she stalked that person. Instead of listening to a radio show, she hid in a fucking pantry. But also, what would you do if you were on a road trip with your best friend's boyfriend and he told you you were extremely attractive? Do we just talk about Billy Crystal? He is so good in that movie. He's yeah. perfect. We're gonna, we'll are gonna get into so, it. He's so, like, but... schmarmy and charming and amazing. I've when got Harry some hot take Sally opinions about Or him. Monsters, Inc. At this point. <laughs> Or city slickers, man. Oh, and uh, when Billy, uh, when Harry met Sully, <laughs> analyze this with wow. Robert De Niro. Rando time, and oh uh, god, oh, here we go. Hours and <laughs> hours. Kidding. If you wonder why, for anyone listening last week, Kyle does ten randos for okay. every letter in his name. Let All me right. paint a little. I'm going to take thirty seconds to explain the situation. Taxi Driver is my favorite film. Fight Club was the most absolute demanded movie for us to cover by the fans. And you're reading Arnold's fifth autobiography. I'm reading Arnold's fifth autobiography. Dear God, I'm so happy that name came up again. I know. Yeah. I was trying to figure out where to sneak it it's in. It's a contract we have with ourselves. I was on vacation. So here's what happened. I had Amazon ship me my special edition because I had a taxi driver DVD. I lost it in the move. So I had them ship it to me at my address in Florida. So I've had more free time than I've had in a long time on this vacation. I've got three kids, so I didn't have that much, but I had a little. So I spent the whole amount of my free time watching special features. I watched five hours of taxi driver documentaries and interviews. Oh, so fuck yeah, you did. I had to do justice to my, be- my favorite movie. I did go overboard, though. I was overly prepared. We drank, but I limited myself to five randos per movie today, so let's go. Thank God. Randos! Randosing off because I'm watching a fucking rom-com. Let's go! Let's go! Okay, I limited myself to five per last time to make up for last week's conundrum. I'm going to love these because I bet you these are amazing. They they are, kind of, because earlier we talked about how there was like eight people that got cast in these films. Hugh Grant, Julia Roberts. Well, Julia Roberts did turn down the lead role in Sleepless in Seattle, so they went to her first before Meg Ryan. What do you guys think? Would have been, I think it would have been Interesting. great. Interesting. Where did that where did that fall in her run? Post Pretty Woman, right? Was this before My Best Friend's Wedding? Before. I think that was 94. It was Post check. Pretty Woman and Mystic Pizza. No, Mystic Pizza was like early. 88, I think. 
So this is after. Pretty yeah. Woman was 90. That's what I'm saying. Post. So Post. Pre- I'm yeah. sorry. I think you said before. So Pretty Woman came out after Sleepless in Seattle. <clears throat> okay, so she hadn't really found her bearings in that world right. yet. Because Pretty Woman was her like... Well, mm-hmm. I still think this movie would have been a monster hit. Although you can't really know, because I do think Meg and Tom obviously had some chemistry. I mean, they did You've Got Mail. Actually, uh, didn't they do a third one? Was there a third one? I feel one? like they did, but yeah, I don't it didn't, know. It was not well received, but... So, but anyway, I would have liked to seen that. Julia Roberts, I... I, not, The only movie I liked, loved Meg Ryan in was The Doors by Oliver Stone. Sorry. I'm just rereading my. It's all good, man. Saul Goodman. The hell does this mean? <laughs> Saul Goodman. Did you not know what that's that's what that is? Is that why he's named Saul Goodman? It's all good, man. Yeah, it's, I it's, just my mind exploded in the middle of that. It's a, it's a play on it's all good, man. Saul so Goodman. Drew was talking about how you related to Jonah earlier. I like this because this is such a connected rando with several sub randos. Jason Schwartzman was gonna play Tom Hanks' son, Jonah. What? Jason Schwartzman, Nicholas Cage's cousin, yeah. and Francis Ford Coppola's nephew, who is I'm a big Wes Anderson film. He was in Rushmore. He was in a lot of Wes Anderson movies. You want to know my favorite Wes Anderson movie? Which one? Fantastic Mr. Fox. You, you've talked about that. Fucking love that movie. Mine is Darjeeling. Hmm. I know that's a, kind of a weird one, but... Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Drew does not give a shit about Wes Anderson. I mean, I'm just people hit play on a freaking rom com podcast. Yeah, we're sitting over here saying fucking. But yeah. Jason we're saying we're saying about shitting foxes and stuff. Yeah. But Jason Schwartzman could have been the kid. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Tom Hanks refused to do this role until Nora Ephron rewrote it. So he, what was the original? Uh, I don't know what the original. Well, there was some tweaks. So in the original script, Annie was supposed to have gotten off a bad breakup. She wasn't supposed to be in a good relationship. But they were like, okay, his his wife dying was enough sadness. So they tweaked that. That was one thing they changed. They, so instead th- they casted Bill Pullman as somebody with like heinous allergies or something. I shit. know, and Bill Pullman's awesome, man. They totally, I know, that was so funny, man. Yeah. Best role, Casper. Last rando, there is a door that Nora Ephron, they wanted to use Dora this. Ephron. Do- <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Dora Ephron? They had a door that... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dora, Dora Ephron. We're still talking about this <laughs> fucking door. <laughs> you tried to deliver this door random. So I fucking hate this random. Is this a good one? Why are we talking about this? Yeah, fuck it. Let's move on. Oh, wait, what happened? I gotta know now. What yeah. happened to the fucking There's door, door, man? Okay. What color is it? There's, the door that Annie walks out of in the office in Baltimore is the same door that Sam walks through in when he walks into his, his houseboat in Seattle. They flew the door to a different locations, so they kept reusing Dude, this that, door. Why does fucking Hollywood do that why? shit? That's the stupidest shit. Of all ever. the randos we have that are cool like that, that one's kind of lame. Who gives it's a shit lame, about the door? It's not lame, it's weird. It's yeah. just, it That's, speaks to like what happens when you let creatives run the show. Yeah. We have to have the same door. I mean, whatever, yeah, this isn't man. the lion, the witch, and the horror. Yeah, the door robe. <laughs> it's adorable. Fine. Randos for when Harry met Sally. Forgot we were doing that movie. Yeah, yeah. I, which is funny because I preferred it wholehandedly. Uh, let me zoom in. <laughs> wholehandedly? Oh, I have, I have drank What do you more. do with half I your haven't hand? drank this much at this point in the podcast in a long time. Whole heredly. Whole yeah. Rando for when Harry met Sally. So Billy Crystal said in the special features that Harry was based on Rob Reiner. What's funny is Rob Reiner plays uh, Tom Hanks' friend or co-worker in Sleepless, and he directs Harry met Sally. He produced both of them, right? Yep. He had to tell, Billy Crystal had to tell Rob Reiner, though. He was like, "I you got to get out of the way. Because he kept in the script. He's very present. But he's like, I'm also in this character. So Billy Crystal literally like, you've got to stop now. 
now. I get it. It's based on you, but I am playing this character, so just shut up and let me play this character. I could hear him saying that. And that's actually word for word what he said. He was like, I had to tell him to stop. The whole premise of the movie was based on a conversation between Nora Ephron, who wrote When Harry Met Sally and directed Sleepless in Seattle, so there's a connection she there. She might be a genius. I don't know. Kind of a genius. She's yeah. got her hands all over everything. The movie was based on conversations, so they were, they were talking about their love lives and romance, so a lot of the stuff in When Harry Met Sally is based on their actual life experiences that they shared when they were trying to write the film and when they That's interacted. Cool. That, um, that uh, carries because When Harry Met Sally had a very real feel to it. It, uh, like, it did. It was one of those, you ever watch a movie where you're like, how did they come up with this? That was one of them. The way Billy Crystal handled that relationship and talked, I related to the way. Like, if you're talking about Tom Hanks and Billy Crystal, I related to his thought process. He's so analytical. He's kind of like dark, nihilistic. Like, I don't totally. know about you guys, but I thought I was hearing my brain in that movie a little bit. It's like, he's like saying things I think, you yeah. know? Totally. That's what great comics do. He is a great comic. And a lot of people don't even remember him as a stand-up, but he's, a lot of stand-ups say he was a legendary stand-up before he took to acting mostly. Billy? Yeah. A lot of people respect him. Uh, Joe Rogan. William Cristal. Yeah. <laughs> William. Uh, another rando, the old couples are real couples, and those are their real love stories. No way! Intermittent. Are you kidding those me? Those are not staged. Actually, I watched this with my wife, and she was like, are these real? She intuited that. She's like, are these real stories? These are real couples? I was like, oh, I don't know. Probably not. They are, so you'll have to go back to her in shame and tell her. I'll have my honey for my... the fifth. The guy with the movie podcast was wrong. You were right. Oh my god, Someone's gonna I was wrong. You. In the first draft of the script, Harry and Sally didn't end up together. That totally changed it to me. Like Drew said, the last time for, I don't remember what movie it was, that would be how it ends on Netflix this time around. Yes, I was just about to say, yeah. that would have been extremely ahead of its time. It would have been like the breakup. Yeah, no, nobody the tragic The breakup, they don't, they literally, you think that they're gonna get back together. God, that movie is dark. And they never do. All it is is just arguing. It's a weird trend. Right? Albert Brooks turned down the role of Harry, so we just talked about Albert what? Brooks. What? Last, last podcast and Taxi Driver. He thought the movie was too reminiscent of a Woody Allen film, and I think he had been in Woody Allen movies, so he chose not to do it because he thought it was How too- old would Albert, Albert Brooks have been at that point? In like in his 90s? He had to have been in his 40s. 94. Or 50s even. Maybe. He was born in 47, so he would have been about 40. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Billy Crystal was much younger, right? Or no? I mean, his last name is what happens when you're exposed to the elements for too long and, you know, no, he's salt. born 48, so yeah, about the same age. Okay, wow, okay. Mm -hmm. And back to, so this is our last rando, back to Drew's intro. You know who says, uh, I'll have what she's having? Is that the quote? You know who that is? That's no. Rob Reiner's mom. Huh. <gasps> A lot Mom Reiner. Ah, Mama Reiner. Yeah. A lot of a lot of moms on this podcast. Scorsese's made an appearance. I thought you were gonna say it was Scorsese's mom. I yeah, that would have been like amazing. Ready to go. <laughs> Martin Scorsese's mom. Yeah. Go oh shit. <laughs> Catherine, Marty, my people. And, and guess what? And you know who Martin Scorsese's mom thinks is great? Arnold Schwarzenegger's autobiography. So the famous line was not in the original script, but Crystal suggested it after. So Meg Ryan, like you don't think of her as like this great method improviser, but she improvised that scene, the orgasm scene. What? And then Bill. Crystal was like, well, what if this person says this and they got Rob Reiner's mom to say that I'll have what she's having. So that was like a made up in the moment. Line. That whole scene completely made up. Well, I don't believe that. That's what the facts say. I don't think that she would have just taken like they're paying for studio time and actors time and everything. She just would have like, you know what? I'm going to pretend to have an orgasm right here, right now. Why don't we ask her? Well, maybe they said they maybe in this. Well, she so, probably came to the reading table and was like, what if I just like went for it? Or to just clarify, just just like in some other films, maybe it just said fake 
makes an orgasm, but there wasn't like directive or direct prescription on how to do it. Okay, sure. Yeah, sure. it can be. Maybe in the she was like, be they were like, yeah. just do a quick, like three seconds of like, ah, 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 yeah. or, you know, just like just... in Taxi Driver. How taxi... <laughs> I, re- I regret doing that. that. Good edit stuff. That shit out. Yeah, yeah. Let's edit it's that. Dang it. Just it's like gonna ta- go at the front of the episode during the, <laughs> yeah. during the beat. Uh, just like in Taxi Driver, the script just said stands in front of mirror and talks. It didn't say you talking to me, but yeah. it did have a directive. So shall we love and war? Let's love and movie war. Let's love and let's war. Drew, do your thing. Kick us off. Top Bill cast. Top Bill cast. Okay, so Top Bill cast for Sleepless in Seattle. Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan. For When Harry Met Sally, Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan. Uh, so I'm, I'm really torn. I think that Billy Crystal slightly edges out Tom Hanks. But I think that Sleepless Meg slightly edges out Sally Meg. But I'm going to say When Harry Met Sally. I was just so into Billy Crystal's character. Like it was, he was like just the quick witted, like the conversation techniques. He was just like nonstop. Everybody he talked to, like on the plane, like it was just really entertaining. Like I was really enthralled by it. Billy entertaining. It was Billy, Billy entertaining. Yeah, I was just really entertained. I'm going to go the opposite for similar reasons. I feel like Tom Hanks just brought the rom-com vibes big time and definitely Meg Ryan and Sleepless edges out Meg Ryan in When Harry Met Sally. So I'm going to go Sleepless on this one because I just enjoyed the Tom Hanks portrayal a little more than the uh, Billy Crystal portrayal. (laughs) So I got to, I got to agree with Drew on this. I, you know, I hadn't seen When Harry Met Sally in a very long time, and I was probably too young to understand it the first time I saw it. I was just, I thought Billy Crystal was actually like a revelation in this film. To see a stand-up comedian transition to this level of, like you said, conversational humor, the way he portrayed that, I thought I was seeing something I hadn't seen. Done really fresh. Way. And this was in, what, 93, 94? No, 89, dude. I thought Sleepers in Seattle was 89. No, Sleepers no. in Seattle was 93. That's right, sorry. And it holds up. Like, it's really, it doesn't Your feel dated. Like, that character almost feels like it started a thing because I feel like Chandler from Friends was very much that character and like I just think in the 90s like there was a very like the David Spade thing like there's just a very like snarky kind of sarcastic quick-witted conversational guy that was in like almost every show and movie so and what's interesting though like on top of that but when he was asked to deliver a dramatic line like when he goes back to her at the end to deliver those lines about being in love with her he delivers Mm -hmm. he crushes it it's weird to say that he's in Tom Hanks's field, like, what do you say, field of play, or he's in the ball court of Tom. This is Tom Hanks' area, <laughs> the right? The ball court. This is in the ball court. This is Tom Hanks' area. You know, charming, romantic, leading man, early 90s, Sports late 80s. Sports ball. Yeah. Sports ball. This is Tom Hanks' world, and Billy Crystal is wrecking it. Well, I think Hanks is a better rom-com guy, but I think that Crystal is just, this performance is much more interesting to me. Because this is not, I mean, it is a rom-com, but it's not quite a stereotypical rom-com as like a sleepless in Seattle, in my opinion. It breaks the archetype, which is refreshing. All right, when Harry met Sally, we got a one up here, one zero. Best supporting cast. Let's go the other way, Phil. Best supporting cast. And Drew, do you want to tell Help us who me that out is? here. Yeah, supporting cast. Uh, when Harry met Sally is Rita Wilson, which is Tom Hanks' wife, by the way. I mean, I'm sorry. Sleepless in Seattle. I love Margaret. <clears throat> Rita Wilson. Uh, we got Ross Malinger, who plays Jonah, the kid. Victor Garber, who plays Rhea, Susie, Rita Wilson's husband. Bill Pullman, person. Oh, yeah. Bill also, Pullman. David Hyde Pierce plays uh, from Frazier. From Frazier. He's uh, Meg Ryan's brother. Love him. For the other one, uh, we got Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia. Yes. You can't just casually say that. The legend, the icon, miss her queenship. Carrie Cinnamon Fisher. bun hair. Uh, Bruno Kirby, 
Kirby, hysterical. That's pretty much everyone that anyone would know. Lisa Jane Persky, Stephen Ford, and Michelle Nicastro. <laughs> this is actually difficult because it's like, how do you go against Carrie Fisher? She's but great in it, by the way. She is great in it. She plays like the cynical friend like really well. But man, something- Oh God, Rosie O'Donnell. I don't know how, she's not listed anywhere on here, but- That's weird. Yeah, it's because, because she's, she's been excised from Hollywood for spoiling the ending of oh, Fight Club. Oh, she's way yep. down there. Yep. How did she end up so far down there? I'm, I know, I was looking for her too. I was like, which movie was she it's in because again? because she spoiled the ending of Fight Club. I know, that's exactly what I thought. <laughs> that's not yeah. why. No, it's it not should why, be. But it should be. Yeah. Like, I feel like she did get canceled though, right? She got cancer? What? Canceled. <laughs> Just playing. Maybe, uh, who knows? <laughs> she hard. died of canceled, yeah. right? That's <laughs> really funny. In 2021, I was diagnosed with canceled. That's really good. They took my Twitter away. I go again with Sleepless here because... Lifer. Yeah, sorry. Rosie O'Donnell, for better or worse, she may have spoiled Fight Club, but she's still Rosie O'Donnell, and she she delivered the good cynical friend performance. Rita Wilson, with her description of that movie, and she's like crying, and the guys are looking at her. Like, that scene, I was just losing it during that scene, and then the scene with Tom Hanks and the husband describing the movie back and forth and making fun of her, and her reaction. She was fantastic yes, in that I adored film. that scene. Yeah, that was it was, <laughs> that scene alone was so good, and Rosie O'Donnell just being her deplorable self-fight club ruining to where you see her in a movie and you cringe a little. I give it to Sleepless in Seattle. I totally agree. I think Bill Pullman, such a likable guy. You're pulling yeah. for him. But you're pulling you know, you're Bill for Pullman. You know he's going to lose, but you're like, you're <laughs> you're Pullman for him. Yeah. For him. Uh, you know he's going to lose, but you like him. Uh, by the way, that scene, though, where they broke up, totally sucked. It was not believable in any way. She's I don't like, know, man. If he's like this like brutally objective guy, he was like, you know what? I got allergies, and all I do is use a CPAP machine in my bed, and you know, and there's this guy over there at the fucking Empire. I'd State get building. mad, but I'd have to get my inhaler first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> get mad, but I have to get my inhaler first. Yeah, so Pullman, so Pullman is great. I love Rita Wilson. I think Tom Hanks married a gem. Oh, and Rita, dude. she's Amen. so lovable. Amen. Yes, thank you. Um, I thought Jonah was great. I think he played a great kid. It was a little weird when he aged like a year there in the middle of the movie, like later in the later scenes. He was just like all of a sudden really T2 old. T two style. And then Rosie, I think that this movie, what people saw of her in this movie, is what made Rosie Rosie there for a hot second. I mean, until like ninety five, ninety six, whenever she kind of fell off. But there for a minute, she was really, really funny and liked, and I, th- true. I thought she was good. Well, I'm outnumbered here, so it doesn't matter. But I actually went because of the Carrie Fisher factor. Like I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan in the room. You two are really big, and it's not that I dislike it. It just it's not my thing. But I love Star I love what she did here. I just you know she's Princess Leia to me, but I love that when you mm-hmm. think somebody is an archetype and then they blow you away in something else. She did that here. I thought she was great. I almost fangirled when I saw her come on screen. I haven't seen this movie in you know 15 years or whatever. Also, who and how I often do you get to see her in a casual role like that? Right, I and I where she's not playing. Yeah, some so when I first watched yeah. it, I hadn't seen it, and then yes, to Phil's point, you don't see her in roles really yeah. she doesn't act that much or at least mm-hmm. in stuff that well, i've she's seen dead now so part of it oh you had to go there <laughs> she didn't act in roles or at least not movies that Princess i've watched Leia so. will never die since she died so when i saw her i kind of like my heart jumped i was like <gasps> that's carrie 
right. Like, yeah. I couldn't believe oh. it. So, she did a great job. Yeah, and I thought she was killer. All right. So we're one-to-one tied here. So this is our first bro category. New York versus Seattle, the best rom-com playground or otherwise known as the best city for loving. Easy, New York. No question. Why? Doesn't matter. It's New York. New York in the fall. <laughs> I mean, New York is the most romanticized city in the history of the planet. Amen. I mean, well, you, New York and Paris. Oh, fair enough. Paris is up there. Paris. But still New York. But I do like the fresh take with Seattle. I mean, mm-hmm. how, many, how many times can you do a romance in New York? So I think I like Seattle a lot. It's no disrespect. It's sleepless. But yeah, New York. Especially when they're walking through the park, maybe the second or third time they reconnected and there's just leaves everywhere and it just feels really right for that movie. New York all the way. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I, I, I was, don't need to give a reason. I was going to be a contrarian. Chris Cornell, Eddie Vedder. I mean, nothing more romantic than hearing Jeremy by Pearl Jam, you know, Seattle. But um, yeah, I mean, you got to go New York here. New York is the most romanticized city in cinema. I mean, it's it's the I mean, if you when love. you step out of the bus terminal or wherever you come into New York City and look up at that skyline for the first time, I will never forget stepping out of the New York Port Authority and, and looking up at that skyline for the first time and just having my mind blown. Like, there is nothing like experiencing New York City for the first time. It is a testament to man's ability to completely change everything. And it's somehow still so beautiful. And there's a reason why it's still the backdrop for every romantic thing ever. New York City, man. There's nothing like it. I agree. And it's so seasonal, too. Like, when you go during Christmas time, it's just like a oh, different place. Yeah. All right. So, when Harry met Sally up by uh, ones, two to one here. Let's go to this one. So, earlier I alluded to this category, but which premise could also be a great horror movie? Oh, dude. Easy. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. That's I had that. Wild. That was Yeah, I know. You said that. I was like, I have a category for that. Maybe that was a good idea. Kyle, that's a genius category. Well done. Because both would be. One, someone, st- you stalk the person you want to be with and then they end up killing you. The other one, <laughs> the other the other one, both both times Meg Ryan is the killer, by the way. Yes, The other one, course. Meg Ryan kills you in a car ride because your best friend, like you kill your best friend's boyfriend or something because you hate your best friend and the totally. kill on the taxi. Fuck that guy. Yeah, so. Oh, so which one? I think Sleepless. sleepless. The radio program. Uh, yeah. Although New York is a nice place for a, a murder yeah, mystery. Yeah, but you can't deny the bizarre stalking scenes in that movie. But the that rainy just nature of Seattle. over, like as, oh, she loves him and she's just looking at him. But dude, guys playing around on the beach with with his son and she is just watching from behind a building. That's some murdery shit. Sleepless all the way. Yeah. Because you can't sleep in Seattle when you know this fucking stalker. And who listens you. to late night radio shows other than murderers? Yeah, exactly. Yep, we can't really relate to that. Great no. category. Yeah, I'll go sleepless. Sleepless And you're in going Seattle. sleepless. Sleeples all the way. I go sleepless, although <laughs> in, in because I'm such an imaginary creative, I was thinking premises for both. You know, when Harry met Sally, it could have been, you know, they've been friends this whole time and they meet up again after 10 years of being apart. And When Sally killed Harry. Or he's a complete psychopath and, you know, and they work up a relationship and it turns out he's actually a murderer. Sleepless in Seattle, though, <laughs> the, 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 the option to stab someone and throw them off a tall building is just, you you can't lose yeah. in that scenario. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that when they first meet, it's like this the whole build up and all of a sudden she's like, well, here's a butcher knife and just throws them off. And <laughs> right in front of his kid, though? <laughs> the the, the Jonah, Empire mistake and, and building. And Jonah goes the way of Mike Myers in the Halloween movies. He goes to a like a child rehabilitation thing and he escapes and he's a killer, too. Oh, oh yeah, It just got dark. I'm sorry. Lifeless. All of our listeners who are true romance purists. Li- more like yeah. lifeless in Seattle. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> right? Am I right? Breathless in Breathless Seattle. Breathless in Seattle. Bloodless in Seattle. Even sleepless in Seattle climaxes in New York City. That is the proof in the 
pudding that New York City is the most romantic city on the planet. Oh, yeah. All right. We're tied here, too. We've had some ties here lately, guys. This is going I mean, as well. As long as you don't have an even number of categories, we're in good shape. Yeah. Well, we'll see how that goes because <laughs> I, I delete them as I go. <laughs> Music. Now, this carries a totally different weight. You know, we're not talking about Bernard Herman this week. We're talking about this jazz Harry Connick George freaking Gershwin yeah, and, and Harry Connick. Yeah, versus that Celine Dion song at the end of Sleepless in Seattle, that power ballad, that 90s roman romantic comedies, like Father of the Bride, all these movies, they had to have a power ballad at the end. I think both of these movies have great music. Yes. I really, really do. I, I mean, George Gershwin and When Harry Met Sally, they use his song as the lead track, which is mm -hmm. great. And it just, it's all jazzy and it feels like New York and it feels great. It does. But Harry Connick becomes Harry Connick Jr. to me in this, in Sleepless in Seattle. I think his Wink and a Smile is just, it's forever. It's legendary. It's a great song. I was actually, my wife didn't know the song and I was singing along and she like kind of laughed and like, like she's like, wow, how do you know this song? I was like, it's. I'm a student of the art. It's freaking Wink and a Smile. Like I just, Harry Connick Jr. is like, I just, I'm a big Connick fan. So I, yeah. I think Sleepless for me. This is really tough because Gershwin is fucking Gershwin. Like Rhapsody in Blue. Come on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but we're not talking about Rhapsody in Blue. We're talking about the music in this movie. Yes, I know. I know. You're right. You're right. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, I don't know that I have an answer for this one. You're too, too juggernauts. I'll help you. How do you, how do you typically respond to Celine Dion power ballads? I, I kind of cringe a little. Okay. That's your answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what song are you talking about? Let me find it. How do you spell Celine? Oh my God. <laughs> Q two three nine lean. <laughs> when I fall in love, I would go. Oh, I don't even know, man. Um, they're both so great. I'm a huge Gershwin fan mm -hmm. and a huge Harry Connick fan because I'm I'm a huge jazz lifer. Ooh, a lifer. I, I think I would have to go when Harry met Sally just because of the Gershwin thing. Let me just name some artists on the Sleepless soundtrack. First of all, As Time Goes By by Jimmy Durant, A Kiss to Build a Dream on by Louis Armstrong, Fuck. Stardust by Nat King Cole. Oh shit. In the wee small hours of the morning with Carly Simon. Oh my. Gene Autry, Joe Cocker. Oh, Gene Tammy Autry. Wendett, I forgot about the Gene Autry. Joe thing. Cocker. And then A Wink and a Smile with Harry Connick Jr. Oh, yeah, When I Fall in Love featuring Clive Griffin by Celine Dion. I mean, it's that's one of the best movie soundtracks. All right, never mind. Sleepless in Seattle because of Gene Autry. You got me. It doesn't matter, unfortunately. That's a great soundtrack. But I, I think, in terms of artistry, the reflection of that jazz soundtrack along the Harry Sally thing, it's perfect for it. It's just it matches Billy Crystal's tone. I just think it's it's just well done. So that's where I go. Did you say what did you vote? Sleepless. Oh, so yeah. Sleepless. Okay. Yeah, man. Gene Autry. Who listening to this right now knows about Gene Autry? This freaking singing cowboy. He's OG, man. It Depends like are they on Tinder or not? Tinder, barely, barely acknowledged her existence. Barely swiped yeah. her. Woo! Not that I would know. Tinder, you're never going to be a sponsor. This is where this is going to fall apart <laughs> a little bit. Okay, this is the vortex, right? There's always an eye of the storm. And Twister, it was they got in the middle of the tornado. It's three to three right now, but here we go. Ready? This is this is Bizarro World. Meg Ryan versus Meg Ryan. Oh shit! Who wants to go first? I don't even. <laughs> I would take Meg Ryan in Sleepless in Seattle just because she overall was more believable in that movie. Agreed. When Harry met Sally, you could tell she just felt like she was trying to play this like kind of ditzy college chick at the beginning and it never, she never really grew up. There wasn't a lot of evolution, yeah. I don't think. It was like she was stuck in the middle somewhere and she like kind of played a college chick okay and kind of played a grown up chick okay. But yeah. at the end of the day, it was very like middle of the road. Which really both, I mean, both of those characters, I mean, Billy and Meg both, they were kind of the same people. And yeah. 
every decade yeah. that you saw them in, which is fine. But as stalker-ish as she is in Sleepless, I think she's more lovable in Sleepless in Seattle. Agreed. She plays the only stalker that I wouldn't feel creeped out by. I mean, I honestly would, at this point in my life, I'd be, I'd love to be stalked. Just to have that level of attention would be, <laughs> you know, just to, to be stalked, it would be... <laughs> It would just be Kyle. Kyle he's looking for <laughs> a stalker. Yeah, to be stalked. <laughs> to be stalked. For those that are listening, I raised my hand like a Shakespeare, like Hamlet raises the soul. Me to be stalked. There's like two or three crazy listeners out there, like, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I've been I looking for someone who wants this shit. shit. It's funny. I've been looking for someone to stalk. My my latest stalk obsession just canceled, so I'm actually <laughs> freed no, up shit. right now. He's got the stalk slot from nine to ten p.m. open. I feel like I'm in I'm in no man's land here because I'm not a rom com guy. I feel like Meg Ryan showed me something in when Harry met Sally. I really do feel like she she did some things that you're going off the comedian thing. You're going. I you're, you're you're homering for Billy Crystal because he's a I comedian. am. I do feel like they had good chemistry. And What uh, did she show you? I'll give you something very specific. In the early scene when they're driving to New York together in the car and they're heading to New York from mm -hmm. Chicago. Right. Yeah, I just thought driving to New York together, yeah. Yeah, you know, New York. I thought they had a great chemistry. I, I enjoyed that. I, it sold me into the movie. Because of he was great. He was, was great. Was she great? But she played no, off she of him really well. She was average to me. You, I could be wrong. It's you just, could be wrong. Yeah. But no, I, I get it. I mean, and the thing is, is I'm not a Meg Ryan fan. When I, the minute I found out Julia Roberts could have been in Sleepless in Seattle, I was like, I, that's what I wanted. I, I just, I'm with you on that. One. I mean, after I saw Aaron Brockovich, I was like, she is a queen. I loved it. But we get what we get. We got Meg Ryan. It doesn't matter what I say because you both went sleepless. So now it's four to three, sleepless. Ooh. Although she, I, I will say her most legendary scene is the the diner scene, mm. the orgasm. Agreed. It is, so, and it's good. I think critics would probably side with when Harry met Sally in this category. So who won the category? That was sleepless. So we're up four okay. to three, sleepless. This is going to be the barn burner category, I think. It's two-dimensional, because I, I wanted to assess this category from two angles. Billy Crystal versus Tom Hanks, but I also wanted to put Harry Burns versus Sam Baldwin. Kind of feels like Billy Crystal's encroaching here. He kind of He's kind of walking in on Tom Hanks, and he kind of burns the shit down. I'm like, I'll just start us here. Billy Crystal blows Tom Hanks out of the water in these two films. I wow. don't agree. He blows him to shreds. Now, I am a failed stand-up comedian. Billy Crystal is so precise here. Now, I'm a failed comedian. I don't want anyone to think I was successful. I had a few good things happen, but mostly bad. Billy Crystal, as a comedic actor, just translates here. Like, if you're a comedian and you're watching him act, you're just like, wow, what is he doing? How is he doing this? Tom Hanks is charming. He's great, and this is his territory, but I, I just feel like Billy Crystal, he did something, he showed me something that I just haven't seen a lot of, which is this pristine, conversational humor, his tone, his facial expressions. It, it's just very modern in, in this 19, 1989, right? Like, mm -hmm. it, it just felt very modern. I just loved what he did. I thought it was timeless. I also related to him. Yes, it was funny, but I also felt like he was saying things that I thought. Like, I'm the kind of person that we're talking about, you know, where we want to eat, and I'm thinking deep, dark thoughts. The things he's saying out loud are the things I'm saying inside, and I just mm. related to him. I love Tom Hanks, and I, I don't want to take away from how great he is, but I don't relate to Tom Hanks a lot because I'm just not that charming. Mm. So I felt like Bill, Billy Crystal was me, just a lot smarter in this situation. I mean, Tom, they play completely different characters. Yep. I mean, Tom, it, you have way more empathy for for his character just because he, you know, Sam has lost his wife and he's trying to raise a kid on his own and, you know, he's like this American... He's charming, but not... You never feel like he's trying to be charming. He's charming because he just is. You pull for the guy and you like him. There's... Z yeah, there's zero effort. Like, he's trying to win you over. With Billy, you could tell, like, okay, this guy, he's, like, trying to be hilarious. Like, low-key. That, that comic thing is coming out, which is great. You want... Like, you enjoy that. It's fun. It's 
entertaining. So all that to say, like, it's completely different. It's impossible to choose a winner because I think they're both great. But I think Tom went on to do so many other things with his career that this is just like a... A stop along the way. Yeah, it's like he just swung by to be a rom-com guy for a minute and it was great. But I think, Billy, this is one of his, like, uh, I don't know, climactic moments of his career. So I'll go Billy. I'll roll down the window. I love that scene when he spits I mean, the my vote, seed into the window. <laughs> I'll roll down the window. My vote doesn't matter anymore, but I go Tom Hanks here because of his sentimental performance on the radio call-in and who else can get thousands of women to write him physical mail asking for his hand in marriage? Yeah. Who does that shit? Good point. That's a great point. Like that he Billy Crystal charmed, could not have done that. Billy Crystal to me, I'm going to get a lot of ire for this, I feel like, but Billy Crystal to me was super out of place in that movie. I feel like he was some kind of favor casting. Like they needed a comedian and they needed a guy that had that vibe, like kind of the douche vibe, but lovable vibe. And he didn't, I didn't connect with him in When Harry huh. Met Sally. Um, I think Tom Hanks as a whole was was cohesive with that whole situation in Sleepless in Seattle. And I could imagine his monologue or his speech on that radio show garnering thousands of women writing him fan mail, essentially asking for his hand in marriage. So I go Tom Hanks here because he lives on a house that is elevated by pontoons for some unknown reason. Maybe it was cheaper rent. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, why does he live on the water again? Yeah, it's like, why does he live on a house Did boat? Did they even fish? I don't know. Like, I knew it. I knew there was a secret thing with you. It has nothing to do with Tom Hanks. It's all pontoons for you. It's yeah, always dude, fucking pontoons with you, I, Phil. You got me. I love you pontoons. Are, I love what? pontoons. You pro land on Jurassic Park. Yes. And now you're pro pontoon on this one. I'm sick of it, Phil. Yeah, you know. I'm sick of it. Make us land where there is no land, Come God on. damn it! But if you don't have land, <laughs> fill up a cylinder with air and float a house on it. But he went sleepless on that one. Yeah. Ire you Make ask. Make my own land. Ire you seek. Ire you shall receive. Ire? Ire? <laughs> yeah. Barely scorned her. <laughs> if you can't tell, we have a fucking blast making this podcast. We get a couple scotches. It's, we have a fucking cast. It's four to four. Making this You know my favorite blast. part about the word scorn? What? If you take the S away, it's corned. Oh. Yeah, great band. Shit. And you know what corn does? It makes whiskey, popcorn. Ethanol. Corn on the cob. Ethanol, is that real? Mm-hmm. Souffles. <laughs> <laughs> Cornbread. <laughs> when you when you wheeze. <laughs> God. So we're tied here. And so this links back to some of our banter earlier, but we talked about banter. Banter. Barely talked to her. Uh, you guys got to come hang out with us. That's going to be a Patreon thing. Someday you're just going to come hang out with us. You're going to drink. We're going to book a theater. Yeah. We're going to have a round table. Yeah, we like, like to believe that you want to come hang out with us. 18,000 TikTokers. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. We have 18,000 We're about to hit 19,000. God, we're the size of a small mountain town. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this, is, this is like the town that Dante's Peak destroyed. <laughs> Best use of the landline. Now, for you younger listeners, a landline is a phone. (laughs) It doesn't have a screen. Some have little rotaries and you turn them. And some are connected literally to the wall. Like, even when you're pissed and you want to slam it, you have to have strength. Yeah. To remove it from the wall. It's from the drywall. Oh but if you're God. mad, you got to actually tear it. These are corded phones connected to the wall. I noticed them because I'm just, I, sometimes I just, we run this podcast. We all have businesses. We all have families. We're running our lives on cell phones. Sometimes I'm just like, oh, that landline looked good. Like, I want that landline in my life. It's tempting, too, because the landline, you know when you pick up a landline, there ain't going 
going to be a call dropped? No. There's not going to be a lack of clarity. Like, oh, can you hear me now? Wait, physical, I'm losing you. Oh, I lost you for a second. Physical connection from point A to point B. It is literally cables connecting you coast to coast. And if you get pissed, you can slam it. There's nothing less enthralling than being pissed and just trying to hit the red button on the screen. Just So I'm trying to think of the best when Harry met Sally landline moments. It's when they're talking in bed. So this is interesting rando uh, I didn't mention earlier. Those are some good scenes. That's based on how Rob Reiner and so Nora Efron and Rob Reiner would just talk on the landline and that's uh, that was so they met in person but they also had conversations over phone and they would just talk they would watch TV together and talk on the phone while they were working on the film so it actually was based on that split screen mm. moment so and I think that's a great that that's something we haven't talked about enough I don't think tonight is just the fact that old movies played a role in both of these movies which mm -hmm. I think is the Nora Ephron effect like mm -hmm. that's something she was passionate about so I, I love the role of old film in, in these movies in terms of the landline thing I mean how could it not be the radio call that's got to be like that's I mean, one of the most legendary landline moments in film but i do i did enjoy those especially oh wait what, what was the one with the four-way call that was when harry met sally right four-way call when they both they both oh, called the, the best friends and that all yeah. happened no it's four-way oh, four -way. yeah you're right they both called their best friends that was harry met sally they worked it out in real time with all that was crazy so that was pretty that's pretty yeah. legendary too could you argue that both of these films has the landline ever had more glory in a film i mean think about it we're we're talking about landline Landline moments here, both great. Incredible. For the landline, for the cord. Landline for the for the win. A lot of people have never had a cord. You know what I mean? <laughs> Think about that. Like, I want to have this conversation over there, but the wall is here. Like, they've never had to negotiate that shit. God, those are some good landline moments. Yes. That's why this category is great. This category wins. Yeah, the category yeah, wins. The whole category. Yeah, I guess I have to stay with Sleepless just yeah. because of the, the legendariness of it. But but that scene with the four-way call, that was pretty epic. Very good. Phil. Yeah, the legendarity of uh, the deck. Sleepless and uh, the radio call. Got to go with Sleepless. Okay. I don't need to explain myself. Well, it doesn't matter that I went Harry Met Sally at this point, but I just... You're a homer for the comedian. I am. I relate yeah, to okay. him. Dude, he was speaking my mental state. Yeah, the way he okay. talks out loud is the way I speak to myself every day, like all day long. I'm just like, I'm on a work call and someone says something, I'm thinking to myself, some kind of crazy thought like Billy Crystal saying out loud, like he is who I want to be. I love it. I love it, man. He's so good. And, and uh, there's a generation of people that didn't get to experience his comedy. So I think there's part of that too, but... But it doesn't matter what I say now. You guys went sleepless, and that that settles it. It's five to four. This was fun. I I was worried today because I am you know taxi driver was my jam, blowing up pimps and drug dealers. Like that's where I I swim. That's my lane. You know, <laughs> no pimps have gotten. I swim blown through blowing up. up drug dealers. There wasn't. Not only did a pimp not get blown up in this episode, there wasn't a pimp to be blown. Yeah, you well, know what I mean. Nothing you know got blown of. up. Nothing got blown up. Literally, like yeah. the only thing that got blown up was like, oh, there's call waiting on my landline. Anyway, what a great battle. What a fun episode we needed a reprieve from the seriousness this was a fun episode it was five to four <laughs> what the fuck am i talking about <laughs> scott uh rewind anyway future feel here's what i want to cut in for all you single men and ladies out there <laughs> What is happening? Throw your phone in the bathtub. First, run the bathtub. You need water. If you just throw it in there dry, it's just going to break. Then put a hair dryer in there, plugged into the wall. Before you throw your phone away, Google pickup lines. Then throw your fucking phone in the pond. Go to the bar. Drop a bad pickup <laughs> line on someone. Do it sleepless style. Do it Harry Met Sally style. I'm your host, Kyle. I love you. Or, or go to the gym or join a church somewhere. Join the church. Or, you know, the gog. Or, or just get out where people are. I'm Drew. And are you from Kentucky? Because you're the only Ken-eyed Tucky. I'm Phil. <laughs>
The only 10 I see. Did you fall from heaven? Love you. Bye. Are you filled with ill noise? Because I'm from <laughs> Illinois. The end. New York is all I see. Drew, Phil, and I want to thank you for hanging out with us on the Movie Wars podcast. If you want to hang out with us until the next episode drops, find us on Instagram and TikTok, username Movie Wars Podcast. If you really love us and want to support us financially, we would love you back for it. Contributing to us on Patreon not only supports us financially, but it gets you access to private content that's not available to everyone. Thank you again for hanging out with Drew, Phil, and I. We love you. Have a great week.